You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will talk about the game today, which I, of course, you can blame me for the loss after jinxing it in yesterday's podcast. We will look at the game, talk about some of the defining moments, um, overall team performance. After that, um, I did a little bit of talk on Lynchburg yesterday. There is honestly just not a lot there to talk about. So we're going to jump up and talk about the Akron Rubber Ducks for the second half of the show today. But uh, yeah, it'll be going over the game. Um, and then we'll dive into some things with the uh, the Rubber Ducks. Now, sadly, thanks to the draft and um, with me actually moving out of the state, I'm not going to make it down to uh, to the Rubber Duck Stadium this year. Uh, if I was, it would have been yesterday to see Clevenger pitch. We'll also talk about that. But I remind everyone to rate and review on Google Play, iTunes, and the Himalaya app. So those are all things to help the show grow. So, uh, you know, the big news is that Mike Clevenger will be pitching Monday's game against Detroit. So this weekend series for the Indians uh, is the big one on this uh, for the basically until the All-Star break, because this upcoming one is against the Texas Rangers, who are currently sitting in the wild card and are the team that the Indians are chasing for that wild card spot. So... Um, I'm sorry, that's Monday against Texas. This weekend is Detroit. So they got Pluko, Bieber, Bauer. Um, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there is no Thursday game. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is, and Thursday is a four-game set at Texas. And that'll be a really big one. Because, um, again, Texas is who they are chasing for the wild card. So those are all games to really lock in and pay attention to. Detroit has been a bottom team. The Indians really need to keep taking two out of three from teams like this. All the better if they can take three out of three, but we'll see. The Indians end up splitting this quick two-game series, and the Indians will have, at the end of this homestand before the uh, break, another two-game series against the Reds. They are the bread of this easy sandwich. Now, I said today was the game they they should win because uh, Anthony de Scafino had not been good this year. Well, he, of course, just obliterates the Indians when he steps in there. That's four hits over five and two-thirds innings. Uh, the Indians only get uh, a run on a ground out. They should have had more. I'll talk about that in a second. On the other side, Plesak gives up three home runs. Um, Goody gives up a home run. A.J. Cole gets tattooed. It was just uh, inefficient pitching all around by the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Smith, Olsen, and Clippard, you know, they were fine. But it, by the time it got to them, it didn't really matter anymore. The uh, Over on the red side of things, Joey Votto had a back issue, had to be taken out of the game. And that Reds bullpen was able to just come in and shut the door. And it was Garrett, Lorenzen, Duke, and Hughes. They didn't even have to go to Raziel Iglesias. So that is the... Uh, the you know the basic breakdown on this now the moment that stood out to me in today's game as i was watching it was the fact that uh, the indians had the bases loaded with ended up with the bases loaded with one out how this situation occurred though um really a tipping point for me in this game was the indians had runners on first and second and you have oscar mercado up to bat now i've talked about a lot of times how there are five good indians hitters this year and in today's lineup after mercado comes santana 
And then after um, Santana, really none of those other hitters in the lineup. Taylor Naquin was, uh, you know, I talked about how it's the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Naquin's one of the indifferent. So you're entering this situation with one of your good hitters, and you bunt. Now this is horrible for, because A, bunting sucks. B, it's an inefficient use of one of your stronger hitters. And C, your best hitter on your entire team is up. Oh, hey, now first base is open. Now, it was not an intentional walk, but I don't think um, the Reds pitcher, uh, Di Scafiani, threw one pitch in the zone to Santana, who ends up walking. Taylor Naquin promptly comes up and hits into a double play. So, yay, we advanced the base runners so they would walk our best hitter so we could then face so they would then face lesser hitters who immediately hit into a double play. At this point, it was a 2-1 to one game. The Indians had made a close. Um, Plesak would then struggle over the next few innings. Tito probably left them in too long, especially once he started showing some of those struggles. So uh, it, the Indians are the highest team in bunting in the American League by a sizable amount. His obsession with bunting is ridiculous. It's a manager that's completely out of touch with the times. Anytime I see something about Tito Francona or Terry Francona, like uh, the ringer called him a master tactician, that's just not the case. He is behind the game right now. He's not making the good calls, the right calls. His lineup construction is poor. His use of pitchers is poor. If we had a war for managers, Tito Francona would have a negative value. He's just not doing the right things. And if you're like, well, he's a motivator. He gets players going. If he's a motivator then why is half of this lineup underachieving? If he is such a great handler of talent, how come the Indians basically gave away Yandy Diaz because Terry went out of his way to bash him every time he was up, and then when he did perform, uh, you know, did not, never gave the guy his due, his praise, never wanted to use him until he was basically forced to. It's a ridiculous situation. Uh, I don't see a net positive that he gives. If he can't... Uh, handle lineup construction he can't handle a bullpen uh you talk when clevenger talked about his improvement it wasn't due to any of the pitching coaches it was due to trevor bauer uh none of these guys seem to be gaining anything from their coaching they're not developing they're not constructing a lineup well and they're not using the pitching well then what value is manager bringing to the game especially if he's having uh you know he plays favorites with vets and this is never going to be a vet heavy team if he is a vet pro manager he makes little sense in cleveland and it's an ideal situation, though, for him, as uh, someone pointed out on Twitter, and I wish I could remember who it was, uh, that basically he gets to be in the national eye, poor Terry Francona, who's stuck in Cleveland where they can't spend any money, and he gets this chance to compete with low stress, but to the national markets. Oh, poor Terry. It's an ideal situation for him. And I just think so far this year he has done a remarkably poor job when he first came here he was willing to take some new ideas and to grow we just haven't seen that and it seems like every year he is regressing more into this uh, old-timey manager which is highlighted by this ridiculous bunt rate and again he is bunting at a rate that is just amazingly out of touch with every other team in the american league no one else even approaches it so Sponsor time. Our two sponsors, Hotels.com. Uh, I use them. I've used them before. They save you time. They save you money. They have an app now so you can earn rewards to build up to get uh, even more discounts. 
Uh, I'm lazy. I'll be the first to admit that. So I like anything that's going to save me time and allow me just to get a whole bunch of things in one location. And that is what Hotels.com does. So uh, if you are looking to plan a trip and you want to find the best deal with the least amount of work, Hotels.com is the place to go. Our other sponsor today is BlueChew.com. You want to go over to BlueChew.com and use the promo code MLB and you can try their product for free. What is their product? Well, it is a little blue pill, just like Viagra, Cialis, same active ingredients, but this one's chewable, which means it gets in your bloodstream quicker and you are ready to go faster. You, When you need it, when you want it, you don't want to wait. This allows you to not wait and to just go ahead and dive into whatever uh, fun you have on tap. So if you don't want to wait, BlueChew.com is your pill. And if you want to try it, see what it's like, go over there, go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code MLB. You're going to pay the five bucks for shipping and you get a free trial. See if it works for you. It's only five bucks. Uh, it comes discreetly mailed to your door, so you don't even have to deal with that. Uh, you know, if you get a little bit embarrassed and have some fun. Okay, back from our break. So I promised, because Lynchburg is not as interesting of a team this year, that we would dive into the Akron Rubber Ducks roster. The Rubber Ducks uh, started the year a lot more interesting than they currently are. Losing Daniel Johnson hurt. Um, losing the, all the relievers that were really performing super well at the beginning of the year hurt. The starting pitching uh, definitely stands out for them, uh, especially when you have Mike Clevenger down there on a rehab assignment. Offensively, it is a, it's a pretty ugly group, though. <laughs> let's be honest. So let's start with the pitching. Uh, Robert Broom, one of those players from last year's class, um, very similar to Nick Sandlin, that kind of right-handed guy who can come in and uh, be death to right-handers, a sidearm approach. He is uh, the latest call-up to stay. Um, we've talked about some of these. There's been a lot of guys like Ben Krauth, Rob Kaminsky, even Connor Maribel, who have kind of gone up and back. Same with Matt Whitehouse, David Spear. It's, it, this is definitely a resting place for players. But there are the names that stand out. Broom, and then the other guy in the pen is Kyle Nelson, who I... Uh, when James Karinchak was on, no one was touching him this year. He was the best pitcher in the Indians minors. He's just been hurt. But I would put Nelson in that group with Sandlin. Um, I feel like I'm missing the third member. And Robert Broom would be just below them. So you're looking at two of the Indians' top five relief prospects in the minors in this bullpen. And then when you go on to the starter side of things, um, if we don't count Mike Clevenger... Uh, you've got Rob, no, Rob Kaminsky used to be a really interesting left-handed starter. Uh, you know, that's who they got for Brandon Moss back in the day. Not there anymore. He's a reliever. What I meant to, to mention was Sam Henkes is the 6'8", big-bodied Minnesotan. He's had some arm problems. He's already on the 40-man. Um, really started out the year rough. We'll go into statistics in a bit. And then Eli Morgan, who is the polar opposite of uh of Henkes. if there are two players uh more different in this class i don't know uh who they would be now what's fun is they were both born in uh 96 as i'm looking at this now uh i almost got really excited but it's kyle nelson and sam Henkes who were actually born in the same month of of 96 and morgan was born a little bit before them but outside of the fact that they're about the same age, uh, you couldn't find one's righty, one's lefty, one's 5'10", one's 6'8". One is, you know, listed at a buck 90, but I bet he's probably below that, while the other is 245. And those are the two starters. And those are in the Indian system um, with Zach Plesak soon to graduate. 
And, you know, Tristan McKenzie retains your top pitcher. You've got the recent draft pick, Daniel Spino, and last year's high picks, Hankins and um, uh, Torres, and some of the other guys like Luis Oveda down in the low minors and um, uh, Carlos Vargas in Mahoning Valley. But these guys are just in that group. They're probably amongst the top five to six arms in the system. So you definitely want to check them out. Offensively, you know, Ernie Clement is a, a nice player, likely a utility uh, profile. Alex Call is a player they got for Yonder Alonso, and he's a legitimate prospect, probably a fourth outfielder. But again, I am absolutely mystified that they got uh, a potential fourth outfielder for someone who took all of Yonder Alonso's contract. That I mean, someone just taking Yonder Alonso for free, I didn't think was going to be possible. The fact they got value for him made that one of the better heists of the offseason. Uh, Mitchell Luongo, they I think they would view as the next guy down there just because he has been, they haven't had him go up and down and jerked around. You're, you don't want to, like Connor Maribel got sent up to AAA for two days and then back down. When they're doing that with someone, you can tell about the valuation of that prospect. So the guy who stays at a level and is moving level to level and getting the experience, that shows me that they think maybe there's a chance that Luongo can end up being a uh, long-term potential starter for this team. But let's go into the statistics now for the uh, the Rubber Dogs. I'll start with Sam Hankins because I talked about how he had been his first four or five starts. I mean, he wasn't getting anyone out. He wasn't striking out anyone. Now he's up to 12 starts this year. He is, you know, win-loss record doesn't matter. But if you want to know, he is 1-7. But the ERA is down to 4-3-5. He's striking out 9 per inning. His walk rate is over 4. His hit rate is over 10. So that's kind of his bigger issue. He's getting hit. And uh, they're hitting him a bit hard. But it is a massive improvement for him. And that's what you want to see him continuing to uh, show that progression that he has been showing this year. You know, this is his first time in AA. He he was really starting to burst on the prospect scene a few years ago, got hurt. Last year was kind of his return. So his development is behind. Eli Morgan uh, has had zero problems since he was promoted he's pitching just as well as he was in high a uh so far through six starts he has an era of 178 almost 10 strikeouts per nine barely over three walks per nine um we're still waiting for him to hit a level where he's going to be challenged i've always thought he's likely going to be a reliever but his uh fastball change combo is just so good that he could end up being either a good reliever or still potentially a back-end starter he's not the biggest guy as a matter of fact he's one of the smallest guys but you can't ignore his production and how well I mean the the transition to double a is the second hardest transition in baseball outside of going to the majors and when a player steps into double a and doesn't miss any beat that's a really positive sign Kyle Nelson is the, uh, you know, I've talked about him. He has pitched uh, 13 games all in relief, 15 and two-thirds innings. His strikeout rate is 15.51, which is phenomenal. The only uh, James Karnchocks was better when he was there, and that's about it. Uh, walk rate barely over two, a hit rate under four. I've never uh, seen one quite that low, though, I mean, when Karnchock was there for his... Karen Chalk was only there for 10 innings this year, but his was under two. But that's why I'm saying Karen Chalk isn't a class by himself, but the fact that he's even approaching him is a is a good point. Now, Nelson is a lefty, which is definitely an advantage in his favor. 
If we just did some basic math here, he's done 15 and two-thirds innings. That's 47 outs he has recorded. Of those 47 outs, 27 have come via the strikeout. So he has more than half the time he is striking out, getting an out by strikeout. And as we can tell by a very low walk and hit rate, it's not like guys are making great contact. He was a, another pitcher out of uh, UC Santa Barbara. That is where Bieber's from. They've had some success with that program. And Nelson is right now the top left-handed reliever in the Indian system. and certainly a name to pay attention to. He's 22 years old. He was drafted just a year ago. But he's been moving quickly through the system. And if the Indians at some point were to decide, hey, let's trade Brad Hand, it's Karen Chalk, um, Nelson, and Sandlin who are all on the cusp of the majors right now who would be the guys to replace. And kind of part of the reason I think any of the hand talk occurs, now I'm on record saying I think there's going to be a glut of relievers on this market, so I don't think they'll end up trading him. But if a trade did occur, it's going to be because of guys like Kyle Nelson being as dominant as they have been. Uh, the rest of the pitching staff, you know, Aaron Saival's been there. Uh, Kaminsky is still an interesting lefty who's been really effective as a reliever, and that could be uh, a name to watch. Ben Krauth uh, never had great stuff, but had great performance in the low minors, and that's why you always want to look at um, the age relative to level and stuff like that because Krauth, uh, he was a good pitcher. His stuff wasn't great, but he was a good pitcher. And being a good pitcher, he could just beat up on those younger kids. And now he's in double A, and it's just not having that same level of success. It's the same thing we've seen with David Spear. Spears having a good year this year, but he has been all around the minors. Um, you know, huge numbers, though, when he first started out. And then he started facing higher-level competition, and it didn't uh, quite go for him. I know the Indians like Jake Paulson quite a bit, who they got last year when he was let go by the Reds organization. He's not missing any bats at all, so that's a concern, but he's an interesting left-hander. I mentioned Ernie Clement offensively. You know, the, the problem there is he has no power uh, at all. He's a 20-grade power guy. He's a future utility hitter. Um, Mitch Luongo, you know, he's not having that strong of a year in promotion. I mean, the top hitter down there has been Kaye Tom, who's 25 years old. He's got 11 home runs which is legitimate in that park, and he's been a several-time player of the month, but he's repeating the level. Uh, he was a guy I really liked when they took him out of Kentucky just because there was every reason for him to not perform. He's this undersized, unathletic outfielder, but he was dominating in the SEC, which is always a good sign, and I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, he'd be there'd be a little bit more to his development and maybe a chance for him, but the rest of this is there's just not much there. Uh, Andrew Montesterio, the third player in the Jan Gomes deal, has been hurt, and he is currently not playing with them, and a lot of other guys have been promoted. Daniel Johnson is continuing to mash. When we talk about Columbus, I'll talk about him. But when you talk about that Gomes deal, I mean, Johnson, I believe, is already on the 40-man at this point. So he... Uh, I can find that out rather quickly. But he he's going to—I think he'll end up playing for the Indians this year regardless because he is performing so well. He is hitting the ball so hard, and the Indians outfield is awful. You know, Mercado is kind of nailing down a spot, but uh, I would not be surprised if Leonis Martin ends up being released at some point this year. I don't think he really has much trade value. Um, Bowers has options. He could end up back in AAA at some point. And uh, Naquin has been exceedingly mediocre. 
So that's today's show. I want to thank everyone who listens, who rates and reviews, uses the Himalaya app, who we are um, fans of, along with, you know, uh, I mean, I was, I typed locked on Indians the other day on uh, Google. It's, you know, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. It's everywhere. So wherever you're listening, a sincere thank you. Um, the fact that we are, you know, during the draft, we had our highest, um, highest downloaded podcasts of the year. Like three of our top five came from the days around the draft. So again, another big thank you on that. It's a lot of fun doing these. I'm getting more feedback every day. And I appreciate every one of you who listen, rate, and especially you, those who take the time to subscribe and leave reviews. Thank you. Sincerely. This has been Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. And as always, go Tribe.